The NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive a to $500 in bonus cash. That's $500 in bonus cash at PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. And we're brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Over $30,000 up for grabs this season. Go to oddscrowd.com to sign up. And, of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. SGPN is giving you a chance to win $100,000 during NFL Week 1, and that's exclusively available on the SGPN app. Hello and welcome to the NBA Gambling Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Rich Fat Baby McKee. It is Wednesday, September 1st when we were recording this. It's going to drop tomorrow. You're listening to this on September 2nd, a Thursday. This is episode 226. And today we are going to do the betting preview for the Southeast Division that is right, Southeast Division. I had first got this incorrect and thought we were recording the Southwest Division today, even though Scott and uh, Moonoff had already previewed that. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm not thinking. I'm doing too much work, uh, too much uh, NFL and uh, whatnot on my mind for work. So had to switch over. Doing NBA now, I am uh, – we started recording the Southwest. I had to put Scott on pause and uh, – redo my notes and now we are back you are hearing me for the first time i don't know why i'm telling you all this but scott thank you for being so patient how are you doing all good doing well uh just another wednesday watching some tennis during the afternoon but really just stalling for the start of nfl season which is going to be in about a week or so because of course it starts next thursday which is a week by the time that this podcast releases College also started last week. Pretty busy weekend. A lot of games for Thursday's cards. I'm looking forward to that. You a big football guy? I am a big NFL football guy, but I am not so much a college football guy, even though I do follow the Pac-12 because I went to ASU and I root uh, heavily for ASU, but they're always a disappointment, so I don't get too emotionally involved. Uh, You were telling me before we recorded this podcast that you actually do your best betting, you think, on college sports. Uh, Can anybody follow your college football picks anywhere? Well, I'm still giving those out on the daily radio show that I have on weekdays for Winners and Winners Radio, and I also give out daily picks every day for free on the Winners and Winners YouTube page. There you go. Look at that. Winners and Winners. Go check out all Scott's picks. Uh, How'd you do this weekend? Overall, well, uh, not really much to complain about. I mostly stuck to baseball over the weekend because there weren't really many games that I was truly interested in on the college football card. I was live betting mostly because you have a lot of teams and you're not really sure what to expect. And then you turn it on, you realize this team's significantly better than the other team and the spread's only 20. They're probably going to win by 90 and end up winning by about 40. So I had a nice day live betting, but it was mostly baseball for the weekend. 
and that went pretty well as well. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Much yeah, I uh, I'm getting into my college football betting this 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 weekend. Uh, Got to get into it. Yeah, I'm mostly just been doing uh, Premier League for uh, the last couple of weeks and um, a little bit of Arsenal. MLB. What's that? Bet against Arsenal. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I did very well betting against uh, Arsenal in week one with uh, Brentford. But uh, anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk we'll talk about the Southeast Division. We're going to go through each of the teams, talk about their offseason moves, talk about if we think they're a better or worse team, and then look at their uh, projected win totals, which you can go bet right now on a variety of books. And uh, we'll talk about if we think you should jump on it now, if we think it's a soft number, what have you. Um, you will be totally caught up on the Southeast Division after listening to this. So we got to start. Top of last year's standings were the Atlantic Hawks. Uh, they are 40. They were 41 and sorry, 41 and 31, uh, which translates to roughly a 47 win season and 82 game season. Uh, and their projected win total is right around there at 46 and a half, 47 and a half, depending on the book that you're looking at. Um, they pretty much have the same main core of team, right? Like they had a surprise run to the Eastern conference finals with Hunter Bogdanovich, Cam Reddish, and those guys are all back and they should be healthier. And they've also added DeLon Wright as kind of a backup for Trey Young. Um, they lost Chris Dunn, but he barely played. They lost Bruno Fernando. He barely played. I feel like what do you think this team got better or worse? And do you think that that win total is about right? I think it got a little bit better. Once again, when the core is intact, I, I could say that you're not exactly going to drastically improve, but they didn't really need to because they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals in the first place. But if you want to talk about the overall improvements, you got to mention the draft because they did get Jalen Johnson, who looked really good in summer league. Of course, he slid from Duke after he left the team early in college. And they also got a pretty big steal in the second round with Sharif Cooper. Well, I know some people were surprised fell that dramatically. He also looked pretty good in the summer league. I'm not sure Cooper's actually going to play because they got DeLon Wright as the backup and Cooper's still extremely undersized. But I do like the core of that team. Having said all that, I do expect a little bit of regression, mostly because of the fact that Atlanta seemed to be the team that just jumped up and surprised everybody last year. And you always have one of those in a respective league. And then the year after, when teams are actually starting to take them fully seriously on a day-to-day -day basis, you notice they suddenly find wins a little bit harder to come by. I think Atlanta yeah. is still going to be good, but I do think if their projection last year ended up leading, if it was an 82-game season projected out to around 47, based on where they finished the season, I think they're going to go slightly under the win total, but I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I agree with you about uh, the, the team that jumps up and surprising everybody kind of regresses the next season. Uh, two seasons ago, that was the Dallas Mavericks, obviously, and then they regressed last season uh, for a variety of reasons. The one thing I would be hesitant about is Atlanta improved so much after uh, they changed coaches from Lloyd Pierce to Nate McMillan. Is there a possibility they just pick up where they left off with Nate McMillan and it was really Lloyd Pierce was the reason that they only got to uh, a 40 would have only gotten to a 47 game win season if it was 82 game season. 
Oh, it's definitely true that the projections, if you're ignoring the Lloyd Pierce era, would have been a lot higher than the 47-win projection that they had. But it kind of just goes back to my thoughts. We are looking at the Eastern Conference. I still think that Philly, I'm not sure what they're going to do with Ben Simmons or how that's going to work, but Philly's going to be very good. The Nets had a bunch of injuries. I'm expecting them to get more wins. You can just go down the Eastern Conference, and I still think that conference is very tough from top to bottom. And I think that the Hawks, even though this team ended up of course, shattering every projection once Nate McMillan got there. I'm still buying into my theory of a team that kind of surprised everybody. And now that people actually have expectations for them, it would not surprise me to see the Hawks kind of struggle a little bit more than anticipated. I'm not even going to mention injuries because Trey Young's had a couple injuries in the past. Collins had some injuries in the past. Hunter should be healthy, which is a big boost, but I don't know if he can actually stay healthy, which is a huge question mark there. It's really a tough call for the win total because I do think they're going to be right around that number by season's end. The question is, do you think they go one or two over or one or two under? If I was going to bet the win total, I wouldn't really touch it, to be honest with you, but I'm going to lean to the under. Yeah, I'm going to lean to the under as well. You make a good point about the uh, the injury bug hitting them. They certainly got hit by it pretty hard uh, last year, and we've seen Trey Young go down. Um you know, we've also seen Danilo Gallinari go down. He's getting older and he was a big force for them last season as far as scoring off the bench comes. So I do um, I do like this team. I'll be rooting for this team, but I will be taking their under if uh, pressed right now. Uh, though I think this is a stay away until we get a little closer to the season. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download, bet, win. Just download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Uh, Anything else on uh, Atlanta before we move on? Uh, I guess the one question that I have for you in general was, I know you just made the Eastern Conference Finals. Should they have re-signed John Collins for that amount of money, or should they maybe have signed and traded him? Well, first of all, what do you think of Collins? Do you think that he's a potential superstar, or do you just think that he's a pretty solid second, third option on a title team, but Atlanta tried to basically keep him just to keep the core intact? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think that they, I think he showed a lot of promise, in his first couple of seasons, I think he showed that a lot of people did think he would eventually take that leap and be a star. But once Trey Young came in and it didn't seem to really raise John Collins uh, level of play. In fact, he seemed to kind of regress at least for a while until the playoffs. Last, you know, they played great together in the playoffs last season, but he and Trey did not mesh. And before that, for that number, and he seemed like he wasn't totally happy in Atlanta most of the time, I wouldn't have re-signed him. I think that they're going to be able to put together about the same amount of production from who they have as long as, more or less, I know this is a big question mark, they stay healthy. I like Collins as an overall player, 
but he's had uh, alleged issues with Trey Young handling the ball the entire time and maybe taking a few too many shots. Of course, Young still gets some assists, but every now and then Young's going to go hero ball from 38 feet. So, you know, that's going to happen at some point. But I do kind of question what the ceiling is for this team. Did they only make the Eastern Conference Finals because of the fact that they got matched up against Philly and not Milwaukee or Brooklyn? And Brooklyn was injured, of course. But the question is, assuming that Brooklyn's healthy and assuming that the 76ers, who should have won that series if you include all the choke jobs they had in the individual games, I don't really know what the ceiling is with this core, which is why I'm kind of interested on why they were so eager to officially run it back. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of like teams in the East that got better, the next team nipping at their heels in the rankings last season, Miami heat looks like they got noticeably better. They, uh, went from a uh, 40 and 32 last season, which projected out to be about a 46 game win season and 82 games. Um, now they're projected for a 48 and a half wins. Um, so the big news here obviously is acquiring Kyle Lowry and he's going to pair him uh, with hero and Duncan Robinson. And they got uh, PJ Tucker off of free agency. I don't know how much he really brings, but if nothing else, maybe they can just throw him at uh, Kevin Durant when they run into him. Um, What does, does Kyle Lowry make them two or three games better? I think he obviously does if he stays healthy, which of course is a huge question mark. I'm not exactly sure what the injury situation was last year in Toronto because Toronto was half punting, but not publicly tanking. So they had to, keep Lowry on the bench, even though he probably could have played if they were in the middle of a serious playoff run. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So I'm assuming Lowry's going to stay healthy for most of the season. I love what the Heat did this offseason. Of course, you mentioned the P.J. Tucker move, and we both agree that his production in the playoffs was a little bit overstated by the public. But it does kind of fit that toughness mold that he's going to fit in quite well with when you look at the likes of Lowry and Butler and even out of bio with the rim this team's going to win 50-something games. The way that I look at it is the fact that Pat Riley, whenever he's in charge of building a team, the one thing you always have to give him credit for is that he always finds a team identity. He's willing to stick to the identity, and they're gonna, that's how they're going to play. And no matter what, no matter how good or how bad they're going to be, they are going to be a pain in the ass to play on any given day. And I think the Heat are going to simply grind teams down. Defensively, they should be a top three, top five defense in the league. And I think that Butler late in games, Lowry with the experience, and even at a bio with rim protection, they're going to be a nightmare to score against in the fourth quarter. I think the Heat are probably going to win 52, 53 games, and I think they're going to end up getting a four or three seed. But I really like this Heat team. I think they're really good. You? I pretty much agree with everything you say. I do like the identity that Riley has established. In addition to Tucker, they went out and got Markeith Morris as well, who's a similar type of player. Um, they, you know, they lost a bunch of names that people will recognize, but uh, guys like Dragic and Iguodala and those two guys were definitely on the you know end of their career. Uh, and Kendrick Nunn, I think his greatness was sometimes uh, overstated. He's gone. Um, because you they put do any stock have... in Tolo Depot. What's that? 
you put any stock into Oladipo potentially? That's what I was just going to say is I like that they got rid of none because I think that Oladipo needs more playing time. And um, right now they have him backing up Lowry or maybe possibly playing alongside of him and Duncan Robinson, uh, maybe taking a few, playing a few less minutes. Tyler Hero, I don't know. It feels a little bit crowded maybe, but I do hope that Oladipo is able to come back into form. Well, we know Oladipo on both ends of the floor when healthy is very impactful, but he's been injured for so many years in a row. It's a huge question mark, but of course Miami did get him on the cheap, which is why they were able to make this work without paying an insane amount of money in the luxury tax. So overall, I like this team from top to bottom. The injury concerns are there, but of course, if any team has an injury to a serious player, star player, you're going to see them struggle, which is not surprising, but the Heat, should win 50-something games. I think they're going to win the division. I, there's a reason why they're a minus price at around minus 135 to win the division. They're minus 1,000 to make the playoffs. As much as I like Atlanta's run last year, Miami this year seems to be a different animal. I'm going to take them. Yep, agreed. I, I'm also going to take the over there in the 48 and a half. Uh, I like that. Go ahead and bet it now. I would feel comfortable. And uh, yeah, I do like them to win the division as well. Um from, like you said, from top to bottom, I think they're really strong. The NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity feed to stay in the know, and a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money, it just needs to improve. When you're making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. So get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. Moving on to a, uh, a much different sort of team. We've got the Washington Wizards. Uh, last season, they finished 34 and 38. Goes out to about a 38 and a half win season in an 82 game season. Um, right now, they are projected at 34 and a half wins for this coming season. And they're a totally different team, really. I mean, they traded away Westbrook. They got Kuzma, KCP, and Montrez Harrell. Uh, I like all three of those players as role players. And then they also went out and got Spencer Dimwitty, who we don't know how he's going to look coming back from his injury that kept him out all last season. But if he looks strong and they have all these role players around them and they have a new coach, we don't know if Wes Enseld is a good coach necessarily, but I think that, Scott Brooks' voice probably just got old in uh, Washington. So I think maybe the excitement of a new coach can can bring something along. I don't know. What do you think? I think that it will. It's mostly just because of the fact that I know we've agreed on this in the past, but I'm going to reiterate this. I don't think Scott Brooks was ever a good basketball coach. And I know that you kind of feel the same way because we've talked about it yeah. in the past. But what's unsettled, he might not be a great coach, but I don't think he's going to be worse than Scott Brooks, who has – underachieved with elite talent pretty much his entire career and there's a reason why he didn't get hired once he got fired 
as a head coach once again in the NBA. So I think that it's addition by subtraction, getting rid of him as the coach. As for the offseason, I know they lost Westbrook, and people are going to say that they got ripped off because they lost a star player for role players. I actually love the Wizards offseason. I think they had a very good offseason. Now, the reason why is because Westbrook, I know that he was good last year when he was healthy and he had the leg issue to start the year. That contract was absolutely brutal. They basically had to move him if they thought they didn't really have much of a ceiling. They got three role players with playoff experience who could provide something. I like Carroll. He was a sixth man of the year winner, so he could provide a huge spark off the bench. Dimwitty, I like, assuming he's the relatively the same guy. I think he's going to provide also some scoring ability from the point guard position. And you're going through the rest of the actual team here. I like the Aaron Holiday acquisition. They should be getting Thomas Bryant back at some point during the season. He barely played last year. He's going to be their starting center. Overall, 33 and a half wins, I think is too low. At least that was what the win total was by the time I looked up. I looked it up about a day or two ago. You said 34 and a half. So once again, shop your lines. Where you get it, it's uh, 33 and a half, 34 and a half. Yeah, point Uh, is shop your lines accordingly. Maybe you could pick up an extra win, but I like the over. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? No, but I think they'll win at least 34, 35 games. This team, I feel like, could be sneaky good if Unseld actually develops a decent game plan and his mid-game coaching actually isn't atrocious. This team has enough talent to win 35, 36 games. Agreed. And I, I I can envision how this team will play at least on paper, I mean, with KCP and Bradley Beal and Dimity all in that starting lineup, uh, being able to shoot from range, and then you have Hashimura and Thomas Bryant in the, I like both of those young players as a paint a paint presence. And then on top of that, you have uh, Denny Advida, who might be better. Uh, we didn't see much from, from his rookie season, but it was a lot of weirdness in last season. He could be better. Kuzma, we've seen him be a solid role player coming off the bench. Harrell, we know, is a really solid uh, role player coming off the bench as the former sixth man of the year two years ago. So I just, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm betting the over on this. I think 33 and a half is too low. At the end of the day, you can look at the actual talent and go from top to bottom. I'm assuming, I, I'm assuming Hachimura is going to be the power forward. I know they occasionally would experiment with small forward. I don't exactly agree with that move, but they got Gafford. They have a couple of options there at center for depth. The thing about Washington that's underrated is that we mentioned some of the bench guys, including Gafford. They're basically eight deep, and they have three guys on the bench, or eight guys in general, that you can actually rely on to give you decent minutes. I think that this team's actually not bad. Now, do I think they're going to make the playoffs? No. I don't think that the ceiling is there. Beal has proven time and time again that he's a very good scorer, but there is a reason why when he's by himself, his teams never actually win that many games. I don't exactly think of him as a winning player because he doesn't really guard anybody, and I'm not sure if he makes his teammates better, but he can walk in and give you 33 on any given night, 35 or even a 50-piece. So I think he'll find a way to help them out with the scoring overall. But I do think that defensively this team should be better Because last year, they couldn't have been any worse than they were defensively last year. That was one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen. So I think they'll look a little bit better. I'll give them 36 wins. Yeah. And maybe Bertans can even be a little better. He was shit last year, but he was good uh, when they gave him the year they gave him his contract. So he could have a bounce back here, I suppose. That's nine guys that actually have potential to be good. Yeah. Yeah, at least. Because uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it just it depends if you're counting Abdova or not, but uh, definitely Aaron Holiday we know is a good role player. And now we're taking another quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. PickWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks, props, parlays, all helmed by the trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction. For every game, every day, and every sport, all free, visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. If you or someone you know needs help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Also, we're brought to you by Prize Picks. Turn your picks into real cash with Prize Pick. It's my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy, and it starts with Prize Picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win. Up to 10 times your money. Prize Picks is the only way I play. So use promo code SGP and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's Prize Picks. Promo code SGP. Okay, moving on to the Charlotte Hornets. They were 33 and 39 last season. Equates to about a 38 win season in uh, 82 games. Um, right now they're sitting at 36 and a half. So uh, above Washington for sure. Um, and that's going to be because they're almost becoming a public team with LaMelo ball. You know, like I feel like him winning the rookie of the year. Uh, a lot of people were paying attention to this team who weren't previously paying attention. So I think some more public money could come in on this type of team. Cause people just want to jump on the next big thing. Uh, I like what they did. They added some good players in the draft, including uh, Book Knight, who I think was a bit of a steal or could be a bit of a steal. Um, they got Ish Smith to back up LaMelo Ball. Let's say what you want about him, but he is a good uh, backup point guard in limited minutes. Um, I guess maybe the way I'd be worried is their big men. Um I don't know if Mason Plumley is enough there, but uh, what do you think? I, I I'm going on and on. They 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 got Ubre too. That's the other big signing. Well, you said 36 and a half. I found a book with 38 and a half, so I like the under. If you can find a middle there of two, I like the 38 and a half there for the Hornets under. At the end of the day, you mentioned the big men and how Mason Plumley isn't a great addition. They also drafted Kai Jones. Now I'm not sure if Kai Jones will be ready to contribute immediately, but he has some upside. I watched him at Texas. I thought he was pretty good. I think he's a little bit raw, so it might take him a year or so before he actually is ready to contribute. But they also got Book Knight uh, from UConn, who I thought was very good, and he should provide a little bit of a scoring punch off the bench. Ubre is a good signing, assuming he can actually stay healthy. Ish Smith, I like, is a backup point guard. They did lose Devontae Graham and Malik Monk, so that, of course, you know, they got some new guys to replace the old guys. But I just think 38 and a half is too high. I, I think that this team is fine. I also am aware that if Flamelo didn't get injured last year, they probably would have broken that 38-win projection out of an 82-game season. But I don't want to say it's similar to my theory about the Hawks because the Hawks made the Eastern Conference Finals and the Charlotte Horns lost in the play-in game. But they were a team that really nobody was expecting anything from. Some people thought Lamelo was going to be a bust, and they turned out to actually be entertaining for about the first three quarters of the season before they fell apart down the stretch. I think it's the same thing where people are going to look at them and say, we can't exactly pencil this in as a free win. They might give us a tough time. We got to be prepared for them. So I think the Hornets will be okay. I think they might start off the year decently. I think they're going to fade at some point. I think they'll win around 35 games. So I like the under. 
I agree. I think I like this. I like the moves they made. I like them shipping off uh, Devontae Graham just because I felt like Rogier showed showed enough last season with Lamelo Ball um, for them to go out and get a guy more like Ish Smith uh, rather than Devontae Graham, who should be a starter in this league. I I think if he can bring some of the potential he showed his first season with Charlotte. Um, I like the addition of Ubre. I think that if Gordon Howard goes down, I think Ubre is the type of player who can give you good minutes at mean that Hayward? three spot. I mean, Hayward? What's that? I mean Gordon I Hayward? Say? You said Howard. I, mean Hayward? I meant Hayward, okay. obviously. Hayward. Uh, sorry, Gordon Hay- Hayward. Uh, so, but I, I, I agree with you. 38 and a half, too high for me. I'm seeing that number 38 and a half on... DraftKings, but on points bet, I do see it at 36 and a half right now. You can get it at. So I guess it have, depends on how much you really want to root for LaMelo Ball in his second year. If you want to root for him, take the 36 and a half. I'd be okay with the over. I do think that that is tight, but if you were impressed, I would take the 38 and a half, the under. I feel like you can make an argument for Charlotte going over if you think Gordon Hayward actually plays more than 60 games in a season. I'm, I don't think he's going to because I think that's one of the worst contracts in the entire NBA. I still can't get over the fact that the Hornets got rid of the Batum contract, which was atrocious, and then signed another injury-prone small forward to take his place. For I, It didn't really make any sense at the time. Hayward was great for the first half of last year, and then he got injured and barely played the second half. Do you think he's going to stay healthy? Because if he does stay healthy, this is probably a playoff team. Yeah, I mean – if he does stay healthy, it's a playoff team. Trying to predict Gordon Hayward's health is like a fool's errand, though. I just and assume he's not. He going hasn't to stay been healthy. healthy really for a whole season in year. I mean, he wasn't healthy for an entire season all through his Celtics run. I mean, even the seasons that he finished, he was banged up and limited. It was pre-opener, leg snapped in half. He was healthy, and then after that. Yeah. I'm not sure if that all connects to the original serious injury that he had, but ever since that moment, kind of like what we talked about with Oladipo and how he had a serious injury and they've had a hard time staying healthy since. If you want to back Hayward's health, then you should take the over. But if you're assuming that he's going to miss about half the season, then do you really want to take an over with a team that's going to be missing probably its best player? I don't. Uh, yeah, they're their best player on the wrong side of 30. He's uh, 31 years old going into this season. He'll turn 32 years old in, during the season. So um, certainly, yeah, I'm going to take the under 38 and a half. I don't trust Hayward to stay uh, healthy, but I do like this team. I'm going to be watching them a lot on the league pass. I'll tell you that. I think they're entertaining. I just think that in the division where the Hawks should be good, the Heat, of course, got a lot better. I. I just don't see many other teams in the randomly deep Eastern Conference, maybe not for a title contender, but just for a quality team. A lot of pretty good teams in the Eastern Conference, and I don't think the Hornets are in the top eight of those, so I'm going to go with the under. And now for our final break, and we'll be right back. The Summer of Soccer continues on Paramount Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including the UFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy Serie A, Argentina's Prima Una, the Brasilia O, the NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, and the Conquifua qualifiers, featuring the stars from the U.S. and men's national 
teams, plus much more. It's all the best of the beautiful game. With beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapinoe, and Pulisic, be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount+. Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and stream every match live. And if you haven't downloaded the Odds Crowd app yet, you're missing out. There's over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs across both the season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. The boys here at SGPN are taking part, so you can try to claim your bragging rights over us, too. Here's how it works. Once you enter the contest, you track your bet against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And OddsCrowd isn't just about fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. It's free to download. You can go live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So go download the app for free or go to OddsCrowd.com today to the bottom of the conference and i mean that quite literally as the orlando magic are have the lowest win projection of any team that i'm seeing right now at 22 and a half i'm seeing the thunder at 23 and a half um on some books you can get the magic for a 24 if you want to end up uh getting a higher number and betting the under there um clearly they were all over the place last season with moving players around and were pretty disappointing even when they had their best player there. But uh, we are, they were 21 and 51. Uh, that equates to about 24 wins in an 82 game season. Um, so I, they have a really crowded backcourt with Cole Anthony Fultz, uh, Mark Carter Williams. They, uh, drafted Jalen Suggs, who should be ready to play right away. Uh, they also drafted uh, Franz Wagner. Um, where are you with this team? Uh, under. I think this is going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I think this team stinks. Now, if you want to talk about the actual performance from last year, you have to remember they also had Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and Vucevic for about half the year, which definitely helped out the win total because after they all got chipped off, they were awful. And I feel like that's not a surprise to anybody. But just to go through the offseason moves, they signed Robin Lopez and they drafted two guys in the top 10. That was basically it. I love Suggs. I think he's going to be a great player. I am a bit concerned that he got injured in summer league. So we'll see if maybe that lingers a little bit. But I said it before, I don't think Franz Wagner is any good. And I can't. 10 pick in the draft at no point in Michigan did I think he had any serious potential in the NBA to be a quality contributor I think he's just a bust waiting to happen so sorry if you're listening to this Franz Wagner but I prove me wrong I just don't think you're very good for NBA for an NBA team to help you win games but this team's just awful oh I, I don't really know what I'm supposed to say like Jonathan Isaac might come back midway through the season we're not exactly sure when or if he'll even be the same after that but the backcourt's crowded with a bunch of guys who might be good. Markel Fultz looked pretty good last year before getting injured. I think Sugg should be okay. Anthony, I liked in pieces last year, but he's not really efficient enough from the floor, and he was awful in summer league, so I'm maybe concerned with him. And Michael Carter-Williams is a journeyman. I'm not sure how, if he's going to be on the roster for the entire season, but the team has some okay potential players. Like I think Okiki's okay. I think he might turn into an okay NBA player, but this team is just bad. Am, am I missing something? This just strikes me as a 
in one team. No, you're not missing anything. And there's a reason their win total is so low. I guess if I was making an argument for them going over, it would be that Jalen Suggs ends up being rookie of the year. Maybe Wagner's not a complete bust. RJ Hampton and Gary Harris, maybe uh, after being in this uh, rotation for part of last year, maybe take a step forward. Maybe Cole Anthony takes a step forward. Uh, maybe Mo Bamba isn't a complete bust or Wendell Carter Jr. You know, all those players, they have really underperformed their draft status. The point is that there's a lot of what ifs with this team, which of course you're going to get when your win total is about 22 and a half. So in order for you to go over, you need a couple of those underachieving guys or maybe some potential guys to actually show something here. I guess the question I have for you is I think Suggs is talented enough to win you a couple games by himself, but you mentioned how crowded the backcourt is and how he got injured in summer league. Are we sure Orlando's not going to somewhat limit his minutes to start the year and play him maybe 24 minutes a game instead of what they should be playing in, which is about 32 minutes a game? I think they're going to limit his minutes to start the year to some degree. Yeah, no, I don't know because we also don't – they have a new coach, um, uh, Mosley, and we he's never been a uh, head coach. We don't know really what his uh, philosophy will be when it plays the – you know, comes to playing the younger players. He uh, coached for a long time as an assistant in Dallas, uh, seven seasons, I believe. So um, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to predict, right? I would definitely, overall, I would stay away from this number. If I usually like to bet, you know, when there's a low number like this, I like to try to root for these underdog teams and bet the over. But this, even this scares me away as low as the number is. If I was going to pick a long shot team that has a really low win total to go over, I'd pick Oklahoma City because if Gildas Alexander ends up actually playing for the whole season, they actually have a guy that can yeah. win you a couple of games and you can actually potentially be an all-star. Orlando has nowhere near an all-star on its team. This roster might have a couple of guys who maybe can show flashes, but there's got to be one serious bottom feeder in the league. And we mentioned how the other teams in the division are going to be pretty good probably at least 30-something wins for each team. That means one of these teams is going to fall off a cliff, and I'm assuming that's going to be Orlando. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you're saying under – I think they'll win 17 games. Yeah. Uh, win press, I would go under as well. If you can find the 24 number as opposed to the 22-and-a-half number, I feel better about that. Uh, I don't think this team has any – Reason to win, uh, at least as an organization, obviously the young guys would want to win. But, um, yeah, I just I don't like it. I don't like it when I look at it on paper, at least. Um, I think a lot of potential, as you said, but a lot of question marks. Uh, all right. That does it for the Southeast. I think we both, uh, um, yeah, Southeast, uh, we both like Miami to win it. Um, and uh, we both like the Hawks, but think that the, they might take a step back. Um, fun overall group of teams, but, um, yeah, not putting a lot of money anywhere near this. Uh, anything else you have before we get out of here? Uh, not particularly. I think the one question I'll ask you before we officially wrap up, who do you think gets third place, Washington or Charlotte? Charlotte. Okay. That is if I, I guess if Gordon Hayward can play more than half the season, I would like them. And if LaMelo ball does take another step forward i'm asking because we like washington over 33 and a half but we like charlotte under 38 and a half so you're within they're pretty close to each other if you want to talk about third place i think washington might have a shot 
I don't think the Washington team's that bad. Yeah, but I guess you're right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's going to be close yeah. between those two teams. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just recency bias is, is that uh, the Hornets just surprised me last year, whereas – and they were better than I thought they were going to be, whereas the Wizards – uh, were worse than I thought they were going to be for the majority of the season until the very end. So that might be where my head is at with that. I just thought it was worth talking about. Absolutely. All right. Where can people find you? So you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, uh, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio, all one word. Other than that, though, still doing the uh, weekday radio show every day for Winners and Winers. You can find that on YouTube. You can find that on Spotify, Anchor, anywhere you want it. And I also end up uh, doing daily picks every night so you know if you want an extra picks you want some extra feedback by me or you want to just hear me rant about random sports topics that's where you can find me. great uh, everybody can follow me at the ryan mckee on twitter uh check out the action network's youtube page i run that shit so uh i always would appreciate you coming over and give me a follow um and we'll be back on monday i'm not sure who exactly will be doing the podcast but they will be previewing the last division that we have left is the central division so uh other than that i'll be back next thursday and uh looking forward to it basketball give me give me give me the ball because i'm gonna go get it basketball give me give me give me the ball because i'm gonna go